You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul notes the mistranslation of the term Passover in English, which refers to the Feast of the Salvation from Egypt. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. We are at the 10th so-called plague, the major one. It is the punishment of... Egypt, the Egyptians, Pharaoh, in their firstborn, which is that famous Zera seed. In other words, they are going to be punished unto oblivion. And that is a basic feature that started, as we all know, with Abraham in Genesis. So all this, let me repeat it, it's high time that the people would hear me repeating things because I'm losing hope, you know, I'm going to die soon and the people are still trying to read the Bible via their English and worse, via their theology. And then we keep, you know, blabbering the same thing again and again. If we want to listen to scripture, then we have to listen to scripture and not via anything else. That is the trouble. There is no via. It's a direct, but not reading as in the Western understanding, you have the text and you control it. No, you have to hear scripture read aloud to you, exactly as the Muslims deal with the Quran. It's high time that we submit to that. So it's a setup to bring us to the first nine, to this firstborn, which is going to take time. You know, it begins with the announcement. Notice, yet one plague. Here we have the word plague, nega. Again, an extra comment. I know that my hearers are tired, but I want them to be tired. <laughs> You're not hearing the same thing. You are hearing your story, which is Sunday school story. Can you imagine in Sunday school, they cover the entire Bible in nine hours over the year? It's impossible. Anyway, be it as it may, so he will drive you away completely, an interesting verb, garash which is the basis of the name Gershon, which is the son of Moses. Again, I don't want to belabor that because I would like to concentrate on a few words. We're going to hit the word salvation soon, and I would like to take an aside to explain it. It's just I'm pointing out to the people who are listening and are really serious to take notes to just write down that we have these words. And by reviewing the notes, they will try to be able to connect things together. So, later in Exodus, we shall hear, and I'm going to read you the text, 
and Moses was content to dwell with the man and he gave Moses his daughter Sipora, that is the father-in-law obviously it's in 18 she bore a son and she called his name Gershom for she said I have been a sojourner in a foreign land very interesting my comment in my book is that it's a combination of Ger and Garash notice you have two letters and three letters and the author very intelligently linked both and then when in the Bible you have an explanation of the name or the word it's very important as we have with the children of Jacob which as I repeat again and again it doesn't work in translation it just does not work because you're using a different language so that is the Garash and then in verse 2 of chapter 11 he says speak now in the hearing of the people that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewelry of silver and of gold here the Greco fathers made it a big deal that we took the wisdom of Egypt and they introduced the Greek wisdom I mean I mean it's just uh, for me it has become unbearable this is a sign which is classic in wars which is the spoil because if you come out of Egypt with nothing the person meeting you in the wilderness will not be convinced that you won a victory as simple as that so one more time the socio-political setting of the times is central to the matter it's just the spoil take with you signs of the spoil whether you take one jewelry or two or three or more just each one take something so that you can say that we won the victory because if the enemy is stronger than you are that enemy is not going to allow you to take spoils as simple as that friends one more time try forget about the adults anyone who's 15 and older forget about them they are done they are lost work on the yet unborn generation but how are you going to work on it by dealing with the little kids of seven eight nine but then what you do in your Sunday schools you assign a cute girl of 13 year old that connect to the children six and seven and who knows nothing about the Bible that's what you do in your Sunday school no have an adult knowledgeable adult teaching children between the age of six and ten forget about the others it's high time that you trusted me on this matter these children will immediately understand what I'm saying and even won't ask questions of clarification because it's so clear but we want to theologize and philosophize in anthropicis that's what we like to speak about
And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. In other words, in the sense, they let themselves be spoiled. In other words, they surrendered. That's the idea. Interesting thing in Arabic to surrender means salama or aslama, which is the same root as Islam, which is obedience. But I talk on this matter several times whenever I have the opportunity in the text. And moreover, Moses was very great. He was Haish Gadol. Moshe Gadol Haish, Haish Gadol, in the land of Egypt. And then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go forth in the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn, which is the Bekor. Those who know Arabic will notice it's the early one. That's the Bekor. But notice here again, it is the Lord himself that does that. So the real battle, as I keep repeating, it's not between Israel and Pharaoh. Pharaoh would have crushed Israel for heaven's sakes. And it's not even between Moses and Pharaoh. But it is between the Lord and Pharaoh. That is the battle. Israel, which is we, are only sitting in our chairs and watching the play or the movie. And we get the fruits of that. And this is how I would like you to explain God raising Jesus. Notice how all the Orthodox are excited and they go out of the church as though themselves that are risen from the dead and so on and uh, full of light and so on. Forget about that. You are witness to what God does. And that's how you have to teach very early the children and tell them, tell them, you are listening to me in Sunday school. You're sitting in your chairs. You're not doing anything. Why are you excited? You have to understand what's happening, not be excited. And the extremism of the statement is very interesting. In verse 5, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits upon his throne, even to the firstborn of the maidservant who is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the cattle, which is total annihilation. And there will be, in verse 6, a great cry again. Those who know Arabic understand the word se'aqa. And the people are at a loss. And here we have the interesting word of God making distinction between the Egyptians and Israel. So the attack is only on the Egyptians and their cattle. And nothing happens to the Israelites. And all this, your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get you out and all the people who follow you, 
and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. That's Moses informing Pharaoh as to what is going to happen. But again in a nine, but Pharaoh will not listen to you. And with the intention that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt, meaning that if he doesn't listen, I'm going to push the issue. And thus, the glory of God will look mightier, not that it will be mightier. And again, you know the story, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And with this, we move to chapter 12, which is the continuation. And we have that famous feast of the Passover. Pesach, whether the translation is correct or not, but we take it as it is. It's the feast of the salvation from Egypt, and we shall have lately another Passover linked to Joshua and the passing of the Jordan. That's why I believe the English decided for the translation of Passover because it's linked to that movement. You know, but this is not the meaning of the Hebrew Pesach. But it doesn't matter in this case because the two are linked in the text itself. And it will be the first month of the year for you, the new beginning, as in the story of the flood, if you remember. I mean, these are literary devices to give an importance to an event. And you have the lamb here, and they'll share it together for each household. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old, you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, which is very interesting if you don't have sheep. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs in the evening. So it's a communal feast, very important to remember that. That's why later we shall hear that the three major feasts are celebrated in Jerusalem. People will have to go to make a pilgrimage, a hajj, a hug in Hebrew, to go somewhere else. Which is obviously a reminder for you that you have to make an effort. Now, if you can do it, then you can do it. You do it at home. And then the Muslims understand that, you know. You can't have everybody going every year to Jerusalem for the Passover. People don't do that. They don't have money. They can't do it today. So in Islam it is said, if you can afford it, you have to do it at least once in your lifetime. So 
you have to be sensible, understand what the text is saying. Okay, but this movement going somewhere else, it is as though you are going back to Egypt and the Red Sea and experiencing. Again, that's why you know how the Roman Catholics take you on the 14 stops of the way of the cross in Jerusalem and so on. I mean, it's pageantry, it's not important. The important thing is to hear the story in scripture. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.